Perfect. Gautam, welcome to the Bluemix podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you, Ravi. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How about you? Perfect. I'm, I'm well as well, uh, as well. but uh, you're calling us from Bangalore. That is correct. Right? Bangalore. Um, super interested in talking more about how Bangalore and India and the South entire region there is dealing with the pandemic and innovation. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, especially South Asian entrepreneurs now on LinkedIn. And it's really cool for, uh, to engage people across the world on like the different kind of strategies they employ locally on innovation and uh, getting things to market, right? And uh, I'm really interested in seeing like, how are you guys dealing with the pandemic right there, right now, um, where you live and, you know, um, how is that affecting your business? So um, I run a medical device and healthcare technology company based out of India. Uh, mm -hmm. to, to give a brief introduction, uh, I'm Gautam Pasquilati from uh, uh, Biodesign Innovation Labs. Uh, it's a medical device and healthcare technology company based out of uh, Bangalore. We are supported by BIRAC, Department of Biotechnology, Department of Science and Technology, Government of India. And uh, we're also supported by uh, Government of Karnataka, who's uh, given us grants and uh, uh, research funding for our projects to develop portable ventilators and respiratory support devices that can save lives. And right now, uh, we have uh, been working on this project Respirate for the past three years. And uh, this is the reason why we started, uh, because we found there is a shortage of ventilators across India uh, when we did a clinical immersion in 2017, which was leading to uh, uh, one of the main reasons for mortality in India is respiratory illness. And we found that more than 5,000 deaths uh, you know, is happening just because of respiratory illnesses. If you look at the global statistics, uh, one in six deaths is due to respiratory illness. And when we found that uh, there was a shortage of ventilators, could you could yeah. you bring the mic closer to you? It's 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 hard to hear. Sure. So when we found yeah. that there was a shortage of ventilators leading to mortality and morbidity, and there was an existing manual bagging which was uh, you know inefficient, and we have developed a solution that is something bridging the gap between existing manual ventilation and high-end sophisticated ventilators. So uh, the normal ventilators are very high-end and uh, expensive and not portable, easy to use, and it is very complex. It, it is not something that uh, hospitals in the rural areas can afford and can treat the patients. So we were, we were looking at these problem statements and came up with the product Respirate. And that's how we started our journey three years back in 2017, we started this company. And that's when we have uh, uh, got uh, initial uh, innovation award from uh, Camtech which was from Boston Mass General Hospital, who gave us the initial grant. We have developed the prototype. And then we have received several grants from BIRAC and uh, DBT, uh, Department of Science and Technology, Niji Prayas, and we have an incubation partner, IKP Knowledge Park, CCAMP. And we have also received support from Qualcomm Design India Challenge, um, where we are one of the top 10 startups who have received this award. Right now, we are commercializing the product in India. And we have licensed the product to some companies who are looking to mass manufacture the product. This can be used across different hospitals in COVID. For the current situation, it can help save lives. And uh, we also have a product called RESPAP. It's a continuous positive airway pressure device that can save lives of patients with pneumonia and respiratory illnesses. And uh, we have also done a lot of donations for the COVID situation where we have tried to raise some funding. Uh, we have our own uh, funding for uh, specific equipment so we try to some of the funding was used for donating masks for the hospitals across our communities in bangalore 
and uh, we are also looking to how we can increase our capacities to manufacture in larger volumes so we could meet the demand for ventilators, portable ventilators that we're developing and other respiratory uh, therapeutic devices that we're developing. So uh, one of the things that we are trying to do right now is to, uh, uh, since the lockdown is getting over right now and it is going to open up, uh, the cases are going to go up. Uh, we are expecting that cases could go up very badly in the month of uh, June, July, August, September. And that could be a second wave of uh, a pandemic uh, in terms of the cases. So as a medical device company, and, uh, and we are also very relevant to the current context in developing portable ventilators, respiratory support devices, we feel more responsible to, uh, and we're working 18 hours a day since February this year to manufacture at scale and to see how we could uh, work with hospitals, governments, and across uh, uh, stakeholders to, to bridge the gap and how we could bring this to ambulances and emergency wards and ICUs, our devices mainly, uh, in uh, helping the healthcare workers and uh, doctors who can provide oxygen therapy and other uh, support to patients with COVID and other comorbidities. And right now we are also um, uh, making newer versions of our product. So we have a manufacturing facility uh, with our manufacturing partners. We have also licensed our product. And we also have uh, uh, our own uh, proprietary technology, which we are looking to license to other companies uh, outside of India, like US, Europe. So um, overall the situation is, uh, the government has done a good job in, t in terms of uh, the lockdown, but there is to be, uh, a way that we could come out of the situation in terms of uh, making the business grow because there are other sectors which are really badly affected. So the money has to flow freely so we can make business at the same time. There is a, a, a calculated risk that we'll have to take in terms of uh, doing these things because the cases could go up uh, pretty much. And that's what we are looking at how we could uh, 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 help the hospitals who are in immediate need of uh, our respiratory devices and how we could also help the government hospitals with through the uh, tenders and uh, to meet that we are working with some of the contract manufacturers and some of the licensing partners. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> thank you for the summary. It gives a lot to like digest to go into. Um, I mean, so just to summarize with that, I mean, you're focused on creating ventilator type technology. Yeah. Right? It's not, it's now, not a, a high-end ventilator, it's a, a portable ventilator, so sort of a intermediate. That's mass producible. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's something mass producible. So, can you talk a little bit more about this market for people who might be outside of it? Like, what does the ventilator market look like, and what's the need for something like this? Okay. So, if you look at the existing. So you got to hold your mic closer. It's yeah. hard to hear. So if you look at the existing uh, ventilator or respiratory therapeutics market in India, if you uh, look at the number of hospitals, there are about uh, uh, CHCs and PHCs in the government side, uh, CHCs and PHCs and uh, in the tertiary care hospitals. And we are looking at how we could uh, target the, right now for the COVID. We're looking at how we could, because right now all the patients are you know, being uh, treated in the COVID hospitals, which are mostly government side. And uh, our, our, our uh, strategy is to make our product uh, uh, actually target to those government hospitals. That's where most of the patients are getting treated, right? So the, uh, the market, if you look at the, there are uh, government uh, channels that we are going through, 
and there is also CSR where the companies such as big corporate social responsibility organizations are looking to for uh, ventilators and these respiratory uh, therapeutic devices that can uh, be donated to the hospitals. And uh, so these are two specific areas where direct, the other way is to go through the private channels, which requires, uh, so the government is slowly trying to move the uh, uh, patient load from, because all the government hospitals are getting filled out, like you might have read news in Mumbai and uh, Delhi that uh, there are no beds for patients because it's all overwhelmed because only government sector is uh, getting all patients for COVID. And uh, now they're slowly trying to channel it to the private hospitals and see how we can make it more affordable. So uh, our first uh, reference would be the government side because that's where the uh, patients are being treated. And, uh, and we're also looking at the ambulance market and the emergency service market. And Therapeutics market for respiratory uh, uh, respiratory products in India is about 8.5 billion dollar market, but uh, but there is a lot of competition in terms of uh, players uh, across. There's all scattered. The market is quite scattered, and we are looking at only a specific niche area of emergency care, rural market, and uh, market which is much more related to uh, uh, transport, ventilation, and uh, places where. Uh, there are limited ventilators available. So we are not a direct competition for high-end ventilators, but it's sort of an assistive uh, technology for respiratory. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like, what's, what's really interesting about the way you describe the market right now, it's like, you know all your numbers. You know what your, what your, what your targets are. Um, you know um, what your competitors are. Um, what's really interesting is about is like this medical technology industry is, is it, do you think it's booming or is it changing, right? Is it like existing systems are becoming a more higher market or is it new devices and, and new ways of doing things? Is that taking off? Like which way is it going toward? I would say the new way of things is going up because, uh, the, because when, when things like COVID comes into comes into picture that nobody has ever expected except for Bill Gates maybe. <laughs> so, so uh, but as a medical device company, when we did a lot of research on um, the need statement and problem statement, uh, we visited more than 100 hospitals in 2017, uh, visiting a lot of hospitals and seeing what equipments they have, what equipments they don't have from the government sector, from the tier two hospital, tier one hospital, village hospital. We know what are the haves and have-nots, what are the gaps and pain points. Through that, we design solution with the whole process of design thinking and uh, the product that we have developed. And what we found that, that was that, that there's a huge disparities in, the, in terms of the numbers. What, what is the population we have and what is the actual, there are only some 20,000 ventilators for, a, for a, a patients, for a, a population of like 1.25 billion people. Like, you know, whereas uh, there's a million ventilator shortage uh, when we did a, a research and uh, did a, a clinical immersion. So uh, if you if you look at that way, there is a there is always there is always gaps between the patient and doctor ratio and the devices which are uh, not available. Uh, so that's where the most of the referral happens from hospital to hospital. Patients die during transportation. There is no emergency service available. Uh, be it mass casualty, accidents, or respiratory arrest, cardiac arrest, other complications. So when there is a there is an inaccessible healthcare for large 
proportion of uh, population we are we are talking about so that's why we realize that we have to make something which is affordable producible in mass and can you know be consumed can be used by patients and at a very uh, easy way accessible way at high quality so we know that there is a huge need for this and we did we did uh, understand that there is when there is some kind of uh, i used to tell my colleagues in office uh, staff that if there is some kind of outbreaks which gets into situation that hospitals are overwhelmed with patients there is a need for our kind of a devices respirators labs so something that patients can you know get the right kind of oxygen therapy ventilator support respiratory support and it is something very useful uh, and we don't know when to expect but we should always be prepared and uh, 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 you know uh, uh, prevent preventiveness should be there so that's why we uh, we try to uh, come up with this design and uh, this is right now uh, the licensing or the designs to other manufacturer or mass manufacturer for the thing uh, the product so uh, so both is happening one is uh, the the new way of uh, innovations the in vertical and horizontal uh, for example uh, one of the things that we found was uh, uh, for covid patients the lung compliance are low so which means that the regular ventilators regular uh, devices might not work for the patients so if you look at uh, uh, normal uh, minimum ventilators they might not be useful for the patients because there is a need for high pressure high volume high uh, peak inspiratory pressure or uh, uh, peak end expiratory pressure there's a lot of uh, uh, respiratory rate that you'll have to increase so the each patient has different lung compliances and uh, some of the innovations uh, right now that uh, you might have heard this uh, ventilator splitters and so on so they might not work so it is something where um, uh, you you'll have to work on top of what you have already worked because it is totally different uh, kind of a disease and uh, uh, some of the studies are coming that ventilators most patients die in ventilators and so you we are making something that sorry reduces, can you lift your mic up microphone yeah so, so we are making something that reduces the we have a product that is making uh, uh, reduce the need for inhaled ventilation and at the same time we also have a product which is uh, which is which can be used for the last uh, uh, resort of a, a resuscitation and emergency care process so we do have a, a, a product which is a continuous positive air pressure which is basically used as oxygen therapy and on the other side of the spectrum we have a product uh, which is for the emergency care which is invasive ventilation and we have modified the solution to meet the lung requirements of uh, covid patients for example covid patients have low lung compliances so when mm-hmm. you say low lung compliances so the uh, each patient the elasticity of the lung will require you know each patient so if you breathe so certain pressure is required for that certain respiratory rate is required for that to, to, to ventilate so to say in lemons word uh so when a patient has certain um affected by covid and affected by uh, these uh, comorbidities so their oxygen levels in the blood goes below a specific level which would lead to mortality mm-hmm. so the oxygen level is bit, uh, anywhere between 90 to 92 92% which is the uh, you know which is the minimum that you need to have yeah so so when the oxygen level goes below 90% it's called hypoxemia so patients mm-hmm. get hypoxemic and uh, they'll have to have oxygen support immediately so that's why there has to be continuous uh, uh, 
pulse oximeter and you monitor the uh, patient's blood oxygen levels. So we are looking at uh, patients who has a need for a immediate ventilation, but how we could reduce the risk of likelihood that the patient would die on a ventilator. So that's why we have come up with the, this non-invasive ventilation uh, product, which is uh, something very suitable for the existing COVID scenario. And uh, we are working with few hospitals and uh, making it compatible with, uh, with, the, with that as an oxygen therapy. At the same time, we also have this uh, product, which is uh, uh, Respirate, which is very suitable for the low lung compliances, where a device has been modified right now to, to give a high pressure, uh, 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 to give a high respiratory rate, and high tidal volume, and uh, uh, at, a, at, a very, at a very low lung compliance. So that is when, which is very suitable. Yeah. Mm. That's very interesting. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I really like the way you describe that because that gives a clear understanding of what ventilators do. Because we hear you know, a lot about like ventilators, we need ventilators, why? But like what they do is sometimes overlooked, right? Now, is, is, has the technology changed to, to provide ventilation? How has that, that been modified? Okay. So in terms of the technology, the government says that you will have to have a right, you hold your mic. Your mic yeah. You can hear, yeah. So in terms of, in terms of the technology, uh, the modifications, if you look at, uh, uh, for example, COVID, uh, patients, there are, there are, there would have been some, a lot of things that Indian government would have learned from some of the things that, uh, has happened in Italy and US and uh, China in terms of mm -hmm. using the ventilation and patient recovery with respect to what what ventilatory what what kind of a ventilation modes are required what kind of a specific preparate uh, is required so uh, based on that the government has given certain specifications which you, which all the manufacturers has to uh, comply with so mm -hmm. when when we developed something 3 years back and you know 2 years back we would have developed it for a normal lungs. We would have developed it for you know cases where um, emergency care uh, uh, scenarios where we would have not thought of a low lung compliance. So when I say low lung compliance lungs, which means that the patient's lungs are affected with this uh, virus or some kind of a, 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 you know a obstruction in the airway, which would uh, require high pressure for you to inflate the lungs. So the inflation, mm. inflation of the, so you need more uh, pressure to inflate the lungs. So that's what we mean. Uh, that's why it's low lung compliance because it's not compliant. And um, so in order to increase, in order to make sure our device works for the low lung compliance, we will have to make changes in the hardware design, make changes in the uh, whole electronics part and uh, you know, change, change in the motors, change in the PCB design changes in the uh, circuit and uh, making it testing testing it and uh, make, making sure it is meeting the specifications yeah 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 that's interesting so you think that amount of change is required just to change the pressure settings like are these systems no, so, not built so, to be adaptable so uh, so think so the thing about ventilators are that uh, ventilation there are minimum requirements for ventilators so one is a breath rate tidal volume inspiratory and expiratory ratio, peak inspiratory pressure, and the peak. And also the alarms and uh, other things like battery and everything. So we, our device provides all these functions, like providing respiratory rate, which means that how many, how many, how many breaths you take per, per minute 
usually between 10 to 12 breaths per minute. So uh, for a patient with uh, any kind of a respiratory illness like COVID or other comorbidities, their respiratory rate is pretty high, you know, spontaneously breathing patients. So that's why you give a, 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 a your mechanical ventilation uh, has to provide that kind of a, you know, high respiratory rate. So from eight breath rates to all rate to 32 breath rates. And then um, the tidal volume. So our lungs have specific volume of uh, uh, volume. So for example, uh, if, you make, if you take a test stretch lung, it has a thousand, um, thousand to thousand five hundred ml, but you would need to, on an average, give it five hundred ml of tidal. And then the inspiratory and expiratory ratio and uh, uh, the peak inspiratory pressure and so on. So these are some of the minimum uh, parameters that you are talking about. The specifications is what is the low end and what is the high end that you are getting. Gotcha. So what got you into the space to build ventilators? Like why, 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 yeah, so, why this project? So, uh, to that to give that uh, to give a sense of my uh, what I how I got into this and uh, so I'll have to introduce myself uh, in giving a context. So I did my uh, bachelor's uh, in instrumentation control engineer and uh, control engineering in Anna University in Chennai. Uh, that was in 2010 to 14. Then during my final year uh, in 2013 and 14, I was doing various research projects um, along with my brother. He was working as a uh, he was working as an entrepreneur in residence uh, along with Will um, uh, Grow. So Will Grow, you might have heard. So Will Grow supports a lot of entrepreneurs, giving them as a you know stipend uh, per month and helping them uh, you know run their own company. So my brother was uh, running his own company, and I was working as a research intern in 2013 with him at IIT Research Park, Madras. So that's how I got into the whole research and innovation initially. Then I got introduced with MIT Media Lab, uh, India Design Initiative, where I got to work with various innovators and researchers across India and US. And uh, we started working on various projects in healthcare and other design projects and other projects. Uh, related to patients who has uh, 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 certain uh, conditions. So then we started working on projects. Sorry, give me one, one second. Sorry? Um, sorry, continue. I, I, can, I can hear you. Give me one second, okay? Hey, sorry about that. No, no, no problem. Break open the door. So, yeah, you're saying. So, what yeah. you got? What got you in this space? So th that was in 2013 when I was doing research internship. Uh, in 2014, mm -hmm. I was uh, done with my college and uh, I got an internship in Mumbai. So where I was working as a research intern um, and also working with the hospital to develop some products with them. Then I got an um, uh, uh, a job offer from Zoho Corp, which is one of the corporate companies in uh, Chennai. I got a corporate yep. uh, uh, offer and I was working as a product manager for one and a half years. Then I moved back to Bangalore and started to move, that move, when I moved back to Bangalore from Chennai, 
then i started uh, working in startups along with my brother and a few 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 friends i was working as a product manager and i was also a, a co-founder of a company called cornelex so it was in 2016 when i was uh, uh, involved with mit media lab and lv prasad eye hospital which was working on an innovation for eye care so the, uh, so one of the things that i i was working in the project was developing uh, that that's how i got actually in 2016 was when i actually got into medtech when uh, specifically on medical devices was when i was working at a hospital developing some innovations that can be used as a eradicating for blindness for a specific uh, disease in eye so corneal diseases uh, was one of the main pro uh, you know problems that we were looking at in 2016 and we have developed some algorithms and ai solution and devices that can be used for screening and diagnostics uh, for corneal diseases like keratoconus so then i went to boston in 2017 and uh, published some of the work and i also worked with some of the researchers in boston at mit uh for this uh, ai uh, based approach for ca AI, uh, cancer detection and uh, eye care diseases uh, like corneal disease and retinal diseases uh so i was involved with uh, and i also got a job offer in boston i left the job and i came back to india and started this company uh, biodesign innovation labs that was in 2017 when i came back from boston to bangalore uh along with my brother we started this company because uh we found that uh, there was a shortage of ventilators at the same time we were also doing clinical immersions and uh, trying to figure out certain things like what what is the best pathway to go then we found this is a uh, you know a real need and for ventilator shortage as an alternative for prolonged manual ventilation and uh, then there is a shortage of ventilators and uh, we got an innovation award from uh, a mass general hospital in 2017 this is when i came back from boston and we started this company and we have got uh, many other awards and grants and that's how we started as a whole amazing man um it's it's cool that you got grants and the funding to to do what you're doing now did you get any classical training like did you go to school to learn about, like are you an engineer by trade or what what did you do to yeah. school yeah so uh instrumentation and control engineering uh is my uh, uh uh domain where i did my bachelor's in instrumentation and then when uh, when i went to mit i was part of this program called uh, uh media lab has this uh, 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 uh group called camera culture group and i was involved with their group in using some of the uh, uh their group's work and i was also doing cornea research and they were doing retinal research and we were doing some collaboration and uh, uh and seeing how we could take this forward for doing uh, some studies and using ai based approach for uh, screening and diagnostics so then i collaborated with some researchers in uh, iit and iit and other uh, uh in iisc in um, kolkata then we published some of the work and then uh so this this work was going in parallel with what we were also doing was this uh, shortage of ventilators and uh, this uh, respiratory products so that's when when uh, i jumped from uh, eye care products to ventilators hmm. but we do but we still have the projects in our company uh, uh, the projects that is uh, eye care products yeah. so you see eye care like eyes yeah um what kind of products is that what would you do so one of the, the products is uh, using a, a, a cornea 
uh, topographer, which yeah. takes this, which takes the image of your eye and uh, 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 checks for abnormalities in the cornea. And it, it also uses AI to diagnose, uh, you know, compares with uh, data sets which are largely available, and then it gives a, a screening sort of a solution. And that was that was in 2016 and 17. I was working, and then uh, we were uh, much more when we when we started working on this project was 2017. We were completely involved with this project, and we started working on this project for the past uh, three years right now. And uh, right now we are also doing mass manufacturing of this product. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, and we are also licensing out the product to other manufacturers who are who want to manufacture on top of it. Interesting. Um, cool. So, was there ever like a defining moment, like of why you wanted to get into medical technologies, uh, designing them, uh, studying them? So, uh, one of the reasons was uh, when we visited hospitals, uh, uh, there was a there, when we visited hospitals, we found there was a compelling need for that need for uh, alternatives and need for something which is unmet clinical need. Sorry, when you said uh, when you when we uh, visit hospitals, who did that mean? Your school? Is it your no, uh, startup? Yeah, our startup. Um, okay. My brother, me. And I'm sorry, Galton, you got you have to hold the mic closer. It's hard to sure, sure. So okay. yeah, when when I say we visited, which means that our team of engineers and doctors and uh, mm -hmm. myself and my brother and our designers in 2017 we visited hospitals across India, more than 100 hospitals. We found it. We had this first-hand experience of patients who are suffering from various diseases and uh, not getting uh, adequate health care, not uh, uh, patients who are dying in emergency wards and, uh, and uh, ICUs because there is some shortage of ventilators or some shortage of uh, 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 manpower. So a lot of these uh, accumulation of uh, observations and you know uh, identifying various problem statements, niche statements, the gaps and pain points. And also our own uh, capabilities of uh, uh, the kind of skill sets that we have, the kind of uh, you know uh, uh, design thinking process, the whole uh, uh, the the way of thinking to make innovations, and uh, our technical expertise helped us to come put together and come up with solutions. That's that's what like that is the that is why we wanted to. So because our primary objective is to save lives. That's because we found that patients were dying because they started the ventilators. We thought we should save lives. So that was the main why factor for us to. And mm. we found there was a, a lot of technologies that we could you know, uh, incorporate and uh, using design solutions, yeah, design thinking process. And uh, with collaboration, we have collaborated with designers, engineers, and we hired one of the people to build this. Yeah. Cool, interesting. Um, how has uh, the experience been in starting your own company? Like, where did you learn that skill? Like, is how's like how is the startup environment um, in India, and how easy was it to transition from working for somebody to working for yourself? Yeah, it's a, it's a different thing. Uh, so it's a lot of uh, uh, you know, so when I was working in corporate, I was I had to report to multiple people. There was a whole hierarchy and so on. That was in 2014, 15, uh, early 16. And then I was working with uh, my brother, and then there's only one person in reporting. And then 
uh, and I was also working with a few of my colleagues as a product manager, a few of my friends uh, in their own startup as a product manager, and Jim was also working with my own brother uh, in his previous startup. Uh, it was a different experience. Working in startup is like you'll have to do everything by yourself, and um, and once you have certain kind of a, a, a research grants and you can offload some of your work to other people by hiring certain interns or certain uh, engineers to do certain specific tasks. So there's a lot of uh, project management work and there's a lot of planning and preparation goes into uh, early phase of uh, when you're doing things. And as the project goes on, you need to have a very good uh, leader in the team to, uh, to make sure the technical technical things go parallelly, like electronic side, mechanical side, and the uh, regulatory side, documentation side. So there has to be a strong leadership under you to take care of things. So that's what we, we find. We found some reliable people, uh, engineers and uh, uh, pro uh, product designers and industrial designers. and. Uh, embedded engineers, uh, robotics engineers, uh, uh, regulatory consultants, and yeah. So uh, it was a different experience. So you, because you would try, uh, when you got a lot of uh, your own first-hand experience working with uh, uh, big team leaders and uh, bosses, you would know how a company works on a higher scale. And when you're coming with the startup, so you'll also having a you want to formalize things, but at the same time, you know, you want to keep it simple, and you know, you are not um, making a lot of uh, uh, efforts to uh, make so much of hierarchy. But we keep it simple. In startups, we we try to keep it simple, but uh, in, in corporate, it's very hierarchy, and there's a lot of uh, uh, complications. So I would say it's a very different uh, uh, environment, polarizing. Uh, but I am I'm glad I had opportunity to work on both. Cool. Um, interesting. Now, um, any questions you might have for me or anything else you want to segue into? Um, I have uh, I have no questions. I just want to know how the situation is there in Toronto. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's weird because it's really quiet. It's like, you know, you hear the news and you're seeing like riots in the U.S. and like all these hospitals going through emergency situations, but um, when we look in our streets and we, and we walk around, very little is going on, mm -hmm. um, especially in Toronto and um, yeah, Markham. Now, like you know, over this weekend, there's been a few protests. Uh, if you're following what's happening with um, the George Floyd situation in, in the United States, it's spilled over to Canada as well, and globally, really. So I've been watching that kind of kind of tick off and tick off. Like this weekend, I had reserved to like do a whole bunch of like research into a few things that initiatives are going on but i never got around to do that at all to be honest mm -hmm. just because of this whole um the, the, you know, the, the resurgence of the black lives matter movement and what happened with george floyd and uh, and, and the spiraling behind that there's so much content coming out of what people are feeling with and i feel like you know we've been so concerned and preoccupied with this virus and the lockdown procedures and economic pitfalls of that that we have underlooked the, the emotional issue that people are going through. Like we talked about as, as mental health and all this, but the sheer anger and frustration that people have that has been pent up in large parts of our population, it's just sparking out and coming out, right? And um, I talked about this on my, on my Instagram page too, like how like the George Floyd situation was just like a, just like a spark uh, to get people like anger out, you know? And now it's, it's evolved beyond just like, Sorry, what? 
yeah you know this uh, this lockdown and coronavirus the whole situation has for the yeah. past three four months has put everyone in a uh, you know a bad place i would say for, for, in terms of mental health in terms of uh, the way we interact with the, our friends family yeah I mean, I think it's easy to, yeah, yeah. I mean, people like you and me, we're busy. You know, we, we have found ways to uh, to keep contributing value, right? Keep ways to 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 building something or you know uh, to feel purposeful. There's a lot of people that's been removed from that, and yeah, I know, and they they've been told to adapt and to modernize and to and to change, but with very little economic output and ability to do that, like there's large parts of the population in all nations. That are grow like are super adversely affected, and what I'm afraid of is like more of these situations going to come out. These lightning bolts are going to pop up over the world. That's going to lead to like more large scale uh, riots and demonstrations and anger, and th- those kind of things like build up. You know, that's when like you know like like populist regimes come to power and like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know like uh, governments crumble and things change and the, and the world destabilizes, right? So what I'm looking, I guess what, my, my, what I'm looking for is like, how do we get more resources to the people, right? To make them feel re, uh, resource, make them feel purposeful, make them feel involved with the change so that their frustrations and anger, their emotional output can be vented towards being productive. The jobs are good. They need, they need jobs in the world. Things have to get yeah. back to normal. Yeah. How's that, how's the situation in India with that? Like, I know we have, there's like a, Big concern of migrant workers trying to go back home now and causing a second wave of like yeah that's uh, a very that's a really bad situation I mean very bad situation I would say because uh, a lot of people are stuck in their home you know uh, one one hand the parents got the, are, mic- uh, the microphone okay. yeah at one hand the parents are at home the other side the you know uh, 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 the people uh, young people uh, you know uh, 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 they are at they are working in different cities and they want to go home because they have to see, see their parents or they had to uh, take care of their parents for some medical emergencies. So it's a, it's a huge situation uh, in terms of the migrant crisis that we are going, going yeah. through as, as we speak. Um, I think there's a lot of things that government had not taken into consideration while making certain uh, 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 announcements. So these are some of mm-hmm. the calculated things that government should have expected and uh, should have uh, done something uh, beforehand rather than happening and trying to make it uh, you know. uh, so so this is uh, this is a downside of the uh, 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 the lockdown right so when you have yeah. a, a lockdown and you try to impose uh, when you, uh, you try to impose a lot of rules which is important but there is other things also you have to bring into policy uh, considerations where how you would safely transport people, or how would you feed people some who are not able to get paid? Yeah, a lot of people are dying in hunger, and a lot of people are not able to get adequate supply to food, water, shelter. It's a bad situation, and we need to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. And like the question is, like, how do we get better feedback system, right? How do we understand people better? How do we figure out problems before they happen, right? Like, how does that happen with government and the people? Is there any solutions being put forward? Yeah, there's a lot of use of technology, like, uh, you know, there is some people who are stranded, there's 
we have Twitter and we have all the social media that's reporting to the public, uh, reporting to the authorities. Uh, we need it. We need, we need much more faster, and we need to have uh, that the responsibility of the local government, the you know the uh, administration to take care of these people. Uh, there has to be a, a, a relief fund for the migrants. Uh, yeah. Okay. And like, how how you and your family have been affected? Like, you know, how you been how you been doing during the lockdown times? No, we are all together. It's all fine. Yeah. It's all good, right? Um, I'm talking about more about like, um, you know, how you been productive? Like, how's the, how's your like schedules changed? Like, you're you're still coming to the office? Like, are things open? Yeah, you know, accessible. So, yeah. So so I, I was working continuously for. Uh, during March, April, even in early May, we're working continuously from morning till late nights, sometimes close to 17 hours, 18 hours, and then I go back home, which is just walkable from my office, and then can come back after taking a nap and shower or having some food, and um, it's a, a small breaks, and then, yeah, it's, it's just going, just work, 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 yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's my routine during this lockdown, and because we've been very busy with uh, getting a lot of orders and a lot of uh, uh, manufacturing which is going on. So I have to oversee the manufacturing, uh, the project management, a uh, lot of updates and things like that. Amazing. Perfect. Well, um, Gautam, this has been great. Um, I had a blast talking to you and you know, learning a little bit more about what's happening across, um, across the world and um, how you guys are contributing to um, fighting COVID-19. Um, how's uh, like one thing I forgot to ask with your product? Um, are you manufacturing it directly locally in India? Like, I imagine somewhere else, and what are the timelines? Like, are you production ready? Are you, yeah, okay. So, the device Respirate is uh, production ready, and uh, we are manufacturing in Bangalore in India. Uh, and we are also tied up with a few other companies. Uh, we are given non exclusive licensing to them, so they can also manufacture and uh, supply to the hospitals and uh, across India. And we, we also have uh, talks with other companies in, uh, in Boston and in UK and yeah. in other few other countries who are also willing to take our license for manufacturing our product and marketing it. Mm. And uh, so right now we have orders from Bangalore and from Chennai and from Kerala for our product. And we also are going to supply to the government uh, channels through government-owned procurements and so on. So we will be supplying to the uh, CSR and NGOs through uh, who will supply to the hospitals and we'll also supply to the governments uh, through the orders that we will be getting. Um, has it been hard getting supply chain um, to get the manufacturers up, up behind you? How has that process yes. been for you? Yes, so during the early lockdown days, we had a huge struggle uh, in trying to get the products because there's a huge demand for the products and there's a lockdown at the same time. So it was a very difficult situation. We had to contact the government authorities, IAS offices to help us reach out to the customs offices to clear some of the products, parts that we have ordered. So there's back and forth going on and we figured out a way to get it sourced uh, uh, through some of our uh, channel partners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well. Uh, good luck moving forward and uh, wish you the best. Where can people find you to support you more or learn more about what you're doing? Sure. You can just uh, uh, 
uh, go to our website www.biodesigninnovationlabs.com. It's biodesigninnovationlabs.com. And you can also find me in Twitter, find me in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Awesome. Got them. This has been great. Great talking to you. We'll end the episode here.